now, from the Mousecapade Studios, here are your hosts. Happy Friday, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Brad and Kaylee. We pray that you're all staying safe and happy and healthy. This is episode 599, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that face between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Before we get started, we'd like to remind you that the Mousecapades podcast is part of the Your Story Travel Company. At Your Story Travel Company, we can plan a magical trip for you on just about any budget. It only takes a $200 refundable deposit to hold your reservation. Call us today for a free quote. This week, we thought it would be fun to share some must-dos in Disney World beyond just the rides. There's so much to see and do in each park, and sometimes you just need to stop and take in all the magic has to offer. So we're kicking it off at the Magic Kingdom, and I thought I would start with uh, Nick's favorite and one of our favorites now, because we passed it up for years and years, and that is the Tiki Room. And if you've never been to the Tiki Room, it is the creation of Walt. How's that? It's an innovation of his. It's an innovation of Walt. Now, obviously, the technology is very outdated according to now what we see in technology but at the time when it was created it was amazing and you go in there and you have a little show with all these different kinds of birds in like a tropical environment and yes it probably is a little cheesy and a little outdated but it reminds us of Walt what do you guys say I feel like we need to go to it every time I know we recently haven't gone to it every time but I feel like it's something that we try to make sure we do at least once a trip. Yeah, I definitely don't, I don't think I'm always in the mood to do the Tiki Room. Like when we just went, we didn't, um, we didn't go to the Tiki Room. But I think if you have young kids, they're going to think it's cool because it's like a 360 show. So no matter where they look, they're going to see something happening. And if you have older kids, maybe I would say teenagers would be the ones who probably would not love this. I mean, not all teenagers. I just know how I was, which was a brat as a teenager. I probably was not going to have it when I went and saw that. But now that I'm older and sit in there and just think that that had to have been so cool to see at the time that it first came out because of the technology in the 70s, that must have been just insane. Anything that still has Walt's direct fingerprint on, I kind of am drawn to those. So yeah, not necessarily the most technologically advanced for its day now, but you have to appreciate for what it was back in the day. And that's why I like it. And this next one is is sort of a ride, but for Brad, it is a show and an attraction as well. So that's why I put it on our list. It is, it's the people mover, of course, the classic people mover. Where else can you just get in a ride and ride around basically one half of the park? You really are, you're riding through a ride, you you go outside and you're riding, you can oversee Tomorrowland. And the castle. And the castle. So it's just a very relaxing ride, no matter what time of year, but it's also, it's a very relaxing ride, especially during the hot, hot days when you need just to sit for an extended period of time, because it is a quite lengthy ride in comparison to some. So I like that. It's not all that exciting, but it is very relaxing. 
And I disagree. I feel like it could be very exciting, especially uh, depending on what's going on down below. Yeah. And it, it makes me wonder with all the renovations going on and the changes happening in Tomorrowland, they're going to have to add in for Tron because there won't be anything in the recording that plays when you're on this because it's supposed to be a guided tour through Tomorrowland. So there are recordings that play telling you where to look and where everything is. But now that Tomorrowland is going to change, they're taking out the Stitch attraction. There's just lots changing within Tomorrowland and it's gonna be the 50th this year. So they're gonna have to change the recording or add in to the recording. Kaylee's gonna talk about one of her favorites that we definitely just went on in February. It is the Country Bears. Joey would heavily disagree with me on this. Again, if you have teenagers that are in the like, I'm too cool for this phase, then yeah, they might go into it and think this is a little ridiculous, but it is one of those things that Walt he coordinated it. He was part of the development. The technology is definitely along the same lines as Tiki Room, more advanced than the Tiki Room, just the mere size of the animatronics because they're bears. But I think it's funny because I like to make fun of it more than anything else. It's just hilarious. If they do decide to go in there, they're going to get shook. <laughs> He's referring to one of my favorite lines that some of the bears sing. They use the word shook far before the word shook was used by my generation. Generation, so that just makes me laugh every single time. Well, what I think is funny is that the bears say something about being turned on and I'm just like, that was appropriate? I know, and I guarantee it was a different meaning. All the guys that turned me on turned me down. Honestly, it would be something I would totally wear on a t-shirt if it was appropriate. Like I would wear that on a t-shirt, <laughs> hands down. But I also don't want to walk around Disney World with that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but it is definitely one of those lines that just makes me laugh so hard every time we're in there. For the listeners who may have done Country Bears before, mom's friend, Angela. I don't know if mom heard her say this during when we just went and saw it on our recent trip, but there is a bear that descends from the ceiling that I always thought reminded me of Dolly Parton because real Southern, the blonde curly hair, very fabulous looking. But when she descended and then went back up into the ceiling, Angela leaned over and said, all I can see is Rebel Wilson as Fat Amy from Pitch Perfect 3. <laughs> and I'm like, you have to be kidding me. So if you've seen that movie and you've seen The Country Bears, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. But in the moment, it was too funny that that's what she thought about during The Country Bear Jamboree. <laughs> okay, so next up is Mickey's Magic. It is located next to Peter Pan's flight and across from Prince Charming's carousel. And it is a 3D movie where you, they give you glasses and you go in there and they play little blips of movies with Mickey and friends a part of, like they're intertwined in there. It's like a storyline where they visit Disney movies such as Beauty and the Beast, Fantasia, Aladdin, Little Mermaid. And we love this one. It is really cool. It has smells that go along with it. You feel puffs of air and a little sprinkle of water. I won't give away on parts and stuff like that, but it is very cool. We just wish that Disney would consider updating it. I realize right now during this pandemic, that's not a possibility money-wise. I would love to see them not necessarily take out the movies that are there because those are classics, but 
add in some of the amazing technology that we have now and just make it better and adding in some of the other movies like Moana and Frozen and just different things like that. I think this one is nostalgic for me only because I think this is one of the very first things we went to back when we started going in 2009, I believe. It's one of the very first things we did. And so for that reason, it's just kind of always a thing that I like to do. Well, and it doesn't hurt that we love music and it's music based. And this is another area where when it's 100 degrees, you can sit in air conditioning for 20 minutes. Never underestimate that in Florida. (laughs) That's true. And a lot of the queue is inside as well. Yes. Next on the list is Carousel of Progress. This one is underrated, in my opinion, by a lot of people. I think because they, it's obviously another one that's, you know, the technology is not up to speed now. At the time, it very much was. Walt was very much into that and he wanted to be on the the bleeding edge of a lot of things but obviously now not so much but i believe there's lots they could do to this ride to update it to be better i really i i hope they don't get rid of it but i do hope they update it that would be my only comment on carousel progress yeah that was very technologically advanced because that was the 1964 world's fair so imagine none of us were alive but just imagine when we were younger as children seeing this it would, been, it would have been technologically advanced. I mean, I would have thought that was really cool. I didn't see it, obviously, till I was an adult. So to me, that's what I think I try to regress or reflect on is how technology was and where it is now. And that in itself makes that ride amazing to me. And the fact that you get to sing the song five bazillion times, it's great. It's not really a ride. I I said it was a ride. It really is a show. The seats move, but it's not like a ride like a roller coaster or something like that. It's a a show in the round. Yeah. When you first go in and sit down, they preface that it was for the 1964 World's Fair. But I almost wish they would have some place, and I don't even know where they would do it, unless they had it when you were first entering the ride and taking a seat if they had footage that they could put together of them working on it as a young person it would be cool and i would understand more that it's not supposed to be technologically up to par with everything else in the park that's new it's supposed to be this is what this was a long time ago and we can appreciate that this is where it started and now we have more advanced things like in the little mermaid ride for those kinds of animatronics but this is how it started and once you're i mean as an adult you kind you understand that but kids now i mean you would have thought my kids thought i was a dinosaur when i had to explain what a vhs was i'm not old like (laughs) so i just think piecing together things like that they're just technology to at least our students mom and i can attest to that they have no concept of a world without technology no they can't they cannot process it but what did you do if you didn't have a cell phone we didn't call our parents and or we didn't call our friends until we got home so you had one of those phones that hooked into the wall that's my favorite or when they ask us did we live in black and white okay the tvs were black and white the world was not black and white so it is crazy the perception that kids have but you know what kaylee that would be something really neat that they they totally have the footage i'm sure somewhere in disney's vaults like a 10 minute introduction showing how that was constructed where the idea came from kind of like they do um 
over in Hollywood Studios with Walt's Dream. They could totally do that in that first, when in the first seating where you're sitting there listening to how it came about or and when it was created, they could do that, have a little blip, a little video or something. That would be easy to add on. It is a classic, it's for sure. Kaylee, you got the next one that's up, and I'm sure I know one of the reasons why this is gonna be a favorite. So why don't you <laughs> why don't you take it away? Um the laugh floor, once it's back, that is in Tomorrowland. When you first enter, it's on the right. It's the first thing. And this is where you can go in as a human, you're invited into the monster world. And they pretty much have this whole stand-up comedian bit. This one is special compared to all the other ones we've listed because every show is different since they use the technology that they have. The monsters are pre-animated and they have cast members who work as the monsters each show and they have cameras to monitor the audience. So every show is particular to that audience. They always have a that guy that they use as the butt end of the joke in the entire show. And dad has been that guy more than once. So I'm sure mom thinks that's hilarious. Now, as a teenager, I did not think that was hilarious. I thought it was embarrassing. <laughs> um, but uh, I also got picked on at one point. I remember not like picked on like Disney did not bully me, but they chose me and I had had braces at that point. And I remember the cast member who was working that show was like, why did they install train tracks on your teeth or something like that? So, <laughs> and that was like almost, that was 10 years ago. Wow. That was 10 years ago when we did that. And so I think that one is special because the show is different every time. It's again, air conditioned. The theming is really well done. I do think the animation could be updated now just a little bit because I don't think it makes as big of a difference in this as it does in Mickey's PhilharMagic because you're more focused on the jokes and everything happening. But we like doing it because the show's different every time, but you also have to know that you could get picked on and they might show a huge clip of you up on a huge screen in front of an audience. So if you have, if you're traveling with someone who has severe anxiety or is super shy, might want to steer clear of this one, but. And like you said, who always gets picked? This guy right here. I think here. it's cause you're tall. I really yeah, do. I think it's cause you stick out. Great. Well, and you were tall and the when we went in 2010, you had on a jack-o'-lantern shirt. I mean, those are not two things that are, you know, just pick you out. He's wearing a big bright orange shirt with face on it and he's tall. So I think they're like, oh, we're just gonna pick this guy. And the spotlight bounces off my head, right? It didn't then, but it may now, I don't know. <laughs> There are also many other things that you could look at at the Magic Kingdom that aren't rides. I know it's not a thing for children, but for adults especially, all those stores on Main Street, I haven't even been in all of them. I'm ashamed to say that. I, I need to take the time to just walk on Main Street and go in and out of all the different stores that they have. And also, I would love to just sit, and I say this every time, but I end up looking at one or two and then I move on. But all of those windows have a historical reason behind them on Main Street. Like there's something that they're marked for. Somebody that worked for Disney or, or a Disney family member or something is 
the reason that it's on painted on one of those windows. So give a look to that sometime. If you just need a break, sit down on Main Street and read some windows and or slowly walk through some different stores, especially on the right hand side. I feel like because the Emporium's on the left hand side, pretty much everybody's been in that store. But I don't think that everybody's been in the stores on the right hand side unless it's Starbucks, ice cream or the candy store. The other stores, I think, have kind of been gypped. Mostly. You'll notice that I'm drawn to rides where you sit and kind of... Don't move. <laughs> move slowly. Move slowly and just trudge along. You know, that's kind of my thing. He's truly Mr. Fredrickson. I am. Far too early. You are not old. They're going to think you're like 80. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to mention that before we move on to the next No, you're park. totally fine. So... I thought we'd head over to Hollywood Studios. And one of the things that I think is underrated by some, not all, is the Frozen sing-along. The Frozen sing-along is another show that is never quite the same. Yes, the music is gonna be the same because it's a sing-along and they have that pre-set up. But the historians in that show, depending on who your historians are for that day, are gonna change the show. So in the morning when you see that show, it may be different than later in the afternoon because it might be two different historians. They feed off each other. They have their own jokes that they, I mean, they stick to a script to somewhat, but they do some um, improv as well. And I just love that show. Not to mention that it is a nice air conditioned seating place if it's hot in Florida, but I just love that show. I think it's great. And I, I know that people say that men and uh, little boys don't want to go in there, but you'd be surprised how many of them do like going in there. It's funny. I'm saying at least try it one time. If nothing else, you can take yourself a little nap and be air conditioned, but it is worth it. I will just say one thing about this. It's time to let it go. <laughs> now, I, now, I will agree with you. It's a nice place for a nap. That I agree with. <laughs> but the other stuff, you got to let it go. I think <laughs> that... I'm somewhere in between you two. I think the Frozen sing-along as it stands now is well done, but Frozen came out eight years ago. Nobody wants to believe that, but it was eight years ago that Frozen came out now. Or like it will be at the latter half of 2021, it will be eight years since that came out. I think if they're going to keep it there, they need to start doing Frozen 2. Even if they want to keep the original Frozen, they need to like switch off days, switch off show times for Frozen 2 versus Frozen something because Frozen 2 has another great set of songs and they could just do a whole new show. They could keep it Frozen. They wouldn't have to retheme it or anything. They just have to change the storyline. Or they could break up the story, make the entire show half, half of part one and half of part two you know keep some of the elements of part one so you keep the history but then tack on the part two that's missing you know just to bring it up to date somehow yeah it's not that i don't want to sit through this but the rewatchability for me is it's Getting gone old. <laughs> it, yeah i liked doing it the first few years we did it but now we've done it so much that i'm kind of like mm, i don't really want to spend my time doing that but it's a killer place for a nap it's nice and cool <laughs> that's what it's all about Dad has the next one. Yes, it's One Man's Dream. This is one of my favorites as well. Again, it's very non, it's very non-motion like. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Unless you move your body. Unless you move, you're moving your body throughout the show. It's not moving you. <laughs> Although it is moving. It is moving. It's a moving tribute. Um, emotionally, not physically. So... <laughs> My daughter is giving me the 
The, my daughter's giving me the face, the face plant, the palm plant on the face. She's, she's wow, that aged you. Just the amount of the amount of names you just gave that. My daughter's giving me the the palm, the face plant, the it's face the, palm. <laughs> You have to keep this in, listeners. This is quality content. Okay, it's called a face palm. Yeah, my daughter's giving me the face palm. <sighs> but yes, one man's dream. Great, great. I like the history. Again, I like anything that deals with Walt and his original ideas and what he did to bring some of the things to life in the parks. And that's what that entire exhibit is about is just taking you through the history of his beginning. And then at the end, there's a, you know, a presentation that you watch and Julie Andrews is the narrator. So that's pretty cool. She has a very heartfelt voice to bring some of his story to life, I think. So that was a, that was a good choice of a narrator for that show, but it's really cool. And again, it's another killer place for a nap. If you, if you're hot, just go in there and you take a little nap. It's great. I agree. I, I don't know why the rewatchability for this one, because we've seen it a lot, but I don't know what, what it is, but I can sit and watch this probably not over and over like a ride. I couldn't just keep going through it to rewatch the film over and over. But every time we go each trip, I like to sit through it. And I think this is something, especially grandma, if we ever take her, she'll want to do this and she'd really appreciate it. I just think for people who aren't, into Walt Disney's story if you don't really know anything and you're just like, we're taking our family to Disney because that's what families do and my kids have wanted to go, whatever your reasoning is. This kind of gives you the whole shebang in a pretty short amount of time. It explains from Walt's childhood, where it started, how hard he had to work, how many fallbacks he had, a contract loophole, all of it. They walk you through everything and how he was in a lot of debt. They had put everything into this and... There were a lot of hardships, not just the Walt Disney Corporation that we all see today that has monopolized a lot of the industry. So it's kind of nice to see the humble beginnings of it from the original person. Yeah, I don't think people realize sometimes how close it was to total collapse before things turned around. It's pretty amazing. That's what makes it an amazing story. All right. Next thing in Hollywood Studios, once it comes back from its hiatus during this pandemic is the Beauty and the Beast stage show where they condense the Beauty and the Beast story into 30 minutes. I will say if you've never seen the movie or your children haven't seen the movie, it's going to seem really rushed because even as somebody who knows the film, it seems a little rushed. But considering they have to squeeze 90 minutes into 30 minutes, they do an excellent job. And these are large live action people. So real people, real stage performers, the beast, all of the castle, I guess, figures that are, they have been turned into house, household things. They're all in costumes. So that's one thing that makes it kind of cool is if, especially if you have children that like Beauty and the Beast a lot, this is very well done. It's a musical show, so they incorporate the music, even if it's shortened versions of the music. This stage show is not inside. It is an outside amphitheater. Now, if it happens to be raining, it is a covered amphitheater. So if you ever got caught in the rain and had some time, or you think you have an app like we do where you track if it's going to rain, you could always slip into that show and it's something to do and it is sitting and you can get out of the rain for a while, enjoy a nice show. You get to sit 
like dad said, that's one of his favorite things to do is find places to sit. I believe you are allowed to bring food into this amphitheater, correct? So if you get a snack, which there's tons of food places on that Hollywood Boulevard strip, right before you get into this amphitheater, you can eat your lunch in there with some entertainment, especially if you've got young kids, that would be a great way for them to be entertained while you eat. I don't know. I think it's just all the way around. It's nice. You can grab a huge pickle and take it in there and just chow down on it while you watch the show. Dad will never let me live that down. So I don't know if it'll stay the same when it returns because, of course, it's not open right now. And if it does reopen, it's going to have to be social distance with the people. So they may not let it be a place where you can snack. But you're right. It has always been a place where people had their popcorn and their pretzels and pickles and whatever else that they had to snack on and watch the show uh, and was very enjoyable and there are little fans under there too so it has a nice airflow this is one where i was i do feel sorry for the cast member actors because it is outside and i, I just know during the june and july 100 degree days they have to be just burning up i don't know i feel sorry for the people who work that show specifically because it's an outside there are other outside ones but that one's a big one well they're in those big heavy costumes yeah so another one to visit would be Fantasmic, and that's a nighttime show that I'm really hoping is coming back soon, or at least by the end of the year when we return. It is a song show and a light show and fireworks and water. I mean, it's just, there's just nothing like it. Now, I know Harmonious at Epcot will eventually be similar to it as far as they're going to project on water and stuff like they do in Fantasmic, but it's just something that you need to see at least once in your lifetime to just get the magic of it. Phantasmic is fantastic. It is. And another thing that we haven't talked about at Hollywood Studios, Kaylee, and I'm going to let you talk to that because dad wasn't really with us when we went because we went on the girls trip was Star Wars land. And I know that it that is a you don't have to ride a ride to just enjoy Star Wars land. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of think if we ever when we do go to Hollywood Studios that that is a place that you need to explore a little bit. Now, it is unfortunate because since it's so new, lots of people are trying to explore it, so it can be a little busy. But now that the crowds are down, we're more. I was more willing to walk through there on the girls' trip because the crowds are down. So the it was easier to walk through places and you could navigate things more easily and just take pictures. That is just a place you need to just look. You just look at stuff because there's two we're not even a star wars family joey definitely has gotten into it now but we don't know anything about the storylines truly except the big plot points that mostly everybody knows and the detail is killer i can honestly see why people who are such big fans of star wars would plan a whole trip just to go spend a day in there because there's so much to do and eating the food there and how well it's themed to all the movies and everything because we did go into one place to get a drink and we were just able to sit and even the little bit of time we spent in there the detail was insane so yes while none of that's there are rides in star wars galaxy's edge that you can do that are tend to have a long wait there's lots for you to just look at even if you don't ride anything, just walk through it. Make time to do that. You can get good pictures. There's lots of photo pass spots in that land. At least three that we saw while we were there. Yeah, so. e even if you're not into Star Wars per se, like we're, we're really not, most of us, 
in this family, but you can still appreciate what that is by going and walking through, like you said, just observing the pieces that they have constructed. It's just amazing, the detail they put into it. Yeah, it's true, Disney. They do everything top-notch. You feel like, I have only watched a couple of the movies in my lifetime, and you feel like you're in the movie. Mm -hmm. and, And that's what they were going for, so. Yes, immersive story. That's exactly what they go for. They did a good job of making it where, which this is always their goal, but obviously space and angles become an issue. But within Galaxy's Edge specifically, you cannot see any other part of the park. Mm -hmm. Yes, Toy Story Land and Galaxy's Edge connect, but there is a long stretch between those two where it's a transitional phase. Once you're in Galaxy's Edge, you cannot see anything else in the park. Yep. You're just there. And they've got this huge, on the other edge of, or on the other end of Galaxy's Edge, they've got a huge cave that you have to walk through. So that also helps create the illusion that they are very separate lands, that you're back in Hollywood and then now you're not, you're in Galaxy's Edge. That's true. Those Disney Imagineers, always thinking, always thinking. So we're heading over to Epcot and one of our, or it's become one of our favorite things there is a group called the Jammeters. And they started out, I believe we saw them the first time and they were playing like hardware from like Home Depot or something. They had ladders and buckets and tools and th- and saws and things and they were making music with it. And it was really fun, almost if you've ever seen Stomp the Musical, almost like that, just taking things that are in real world society and making them into instruments. Well, they have expounded from that because a couple years after we saw them for the first time, they were pushing around kitchen equipment like stoves and refrigerators and uh, islands and then cooking gear and stuff. And they were using those as instruments. Well, currently they are having the Flower and Garden Festival. So they are uh, cooking on, I mean, they are creating music on garden supplies or garden gardening tools of different kinds. And so I just always encourage you to look for them. Uh, you may have to ask a cast member, but I think it's on the schedule where the jammeters will be and what time they're playing. Right now they're playing at the Canadian Theater. But I mean, that could change. So if you're interested in seeing them, you can even go to YouTube because I think they made a couple YouTube videos during the pandemic because they were missing all of their guests. So just give that a listen to. That is definitely something that you should take in. Again, it gives you a chance to just breathe and take in the magic and let somebody else do the walking and talking at that point. Yeah, this is this is good. They're they're really talented. Like it's real live entertainment right on the streets in front of you. So it's really cool. All right, next up, this one is a good one. I don't know that a lot of people know about it. I think we've we've discovered that not a lot of people do if they're not well-versed in where this is, but this is Pixar Shorts. So Vic, you might have to help me. It's over there near where- Figment. Figment, yeah, it's right next to there, but it's, it's kind of in a, I won't say hidden, but you kind of have to know. Right, you do. It's where Captain EO used to be. Okay, yeah, this is great because it gives they, they show like three or four, I can't remember, three. 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 Three Pixar shorts in this big theater. It's a great demonstration of the Pixar brand and technology. Even if you've seen the shorts before, you can go take a nap because it's climate controlled. You're, you'll be good for 15, 20 minutes. You know, I always like to watch the shorts in this one because they're so cool. I think the one that I like the most in this venue is Piper. Yes. Because 
the technology just keeps advancing and you kind of have to pinch yourself because you're looking at it and you're like, is this animation? Because it looks real. The water on the beach and the sand all look real, but you have to remember this is animation. So that's pretty incredible. This is also a 3D experience. Yes. The floor moves because they talk about how if you have to leave for any reason during the show, you're supposed to look for a cast member to help because the floor, it's not severe to the point where you need seatbelts or anything. There's still theater chairs, but the floor does move to give you the illusion that you're in the short, not just watching it. That's true. It's a good one. So this next one, uh, Kaylee and I just tried for the first time in February and I thought I'd let her talk about it. We went to, when we were in France in the World Showcase, where they do the French film. I forgot what it is called. Impressions de Francais. That film. They have started alternating that with a Beauty and the Beast sing-along. And we honestly didn't know what to expect for that because my first question was, well, is this for the cartoon Beauty and the Beast or the live action Beauty and the Beast? What are they even going to do? Is it just all the songs in one big loop? Are they going to have somebody narrating? I had, We had no idea what it was and we hadn't really seen anything on it either. And it is focused on the cartoon version of Beauty and the Beast. And it has uh, Mrs. Potts. She is the narrator. Angela Lansbury. Yes, she has a great voice for narration as well. Similar to, it's different than Julie Andrews, but similar. They both have a lot of character and it's very nice to listen to their voices. And they kind of do a plot a plot twist, like the true story behind Beauty and the Beast. It's almost the same way they have the true story of the three little pigs, where it's the wolf's point of view. It's the same kind of thing, only for Beauty and the Beast. And they've got all the different songs from the original which personally, I don't think this is one that I'll want to watch over and over again, but it was good to do. And it was something different. Air conditioned, in a theater, in the dark, another nap spot if you need one. Um, so yeah, I think it was super cute, especially if you have young kids, they'll probably really think it's fun. All right, so the American Gardens Theater has a variety of things that go on, and I encourage you to go to any of the stuff that they have there. We're hoping for Christmas that they're able to bring back the candlelight processional, but currently they have Mariachi Cobra and the Voices of Liberty. The Mariachi Cobra is from the Mexican Pavilion, and then the Voices of Liberty are from American Adventure Pavilion. And they're just being, you. The, the Mariachi Cobra is singing the traditional songs of their country, but the Voices of Liberty typically sing patriotic songs when they're in American Adventure, but currently they're singing some songs from Disney movies that we all know and love. So that is always a nice break. Even if you can't have a seat, there's usually plenty of room to stand behind all the people sitting and just enjoy the music and just take it in because a lot of times we know that people are rushing through to try to get everything done at Disney and they miss out on some pretty exciting magic. Yeah, those were those are pretty cool things. I've like they said, I've not done the Beauty and the Beast sing along and or the American Gardens Theater. So I gotta be sure to put that on my list when I go back the next time. Sounds like fun. So now we're gonna head over to Animal Kingdom. So Vic, why don't you talk us through Finding Nemo the Musical? This one was a favorite of our families. So first of all, I was thinking of attractions there and I never realized how many things there are, are ride-driven or ride-based. Um, there are other attractions as we're sitting here talking that I'm thinking of that we'll probably wanna to touch on before we get off here. But Finding Nemo the Musical, 
is currently in hiatus. It has been since they went on the pandemic and those actors and actresses have not been brought back, sadly. But they are characters that are dressed in clothes so that they kind of look like they match the ocean and then they have these puppets on their arms and at first when we got in there the very first time i remember thinking oh this is great this is like a large puppet show it's not going to be good at all but it was amazing you forget that those people are there and you start to see the character for who it is swimming around in the ocean and they had really great voices in in my opinion it is a broadway show brought right to Animal Kingdom. So I encourage anybody to go and see it, especially if your kid likes Finding Nemo or Finding Dory, just because it's so well done. And I, it's just very uplifting to me anyway. Lots of, lots of vibrant colors in this show because they really try to bring out what it is like in that part of the ocean, which is very bright, colorful. They do a good job. Lighting and text stuff is amazing at this show. Yeah, I agree. And I think this is another, oh, it's another one that it's air conditioned. I think if you have a young child that, because I know a lot of families that come have young kids and you have one that might need a nap that's young enough to take naps, but you have another one that doesn't necessarily need a nap. And that can be hard to balance, especially if it's hot outside because nobody's comfortable. One of you has to take care of the sleeping one. The other one has to try and stay preoccupied with one or more kids that are awake like that's just a mess if your child i know that joey and i we were able to sleep through very loud things <laughs> if your child can sleep with noise like that in a theater that's a great place to go because it's dark and air conditioned and you are entertained while also providing that space for your child to take a nap one or more not that i wouldn't want your kids to see it because even if they did wake up they're not gonna be bored there's a lot to look at, lots of colors. It's very immersive and it's got the characters on stage singing. And I think the singing is some of the best on Disney property, personally. The voices of these actors tend to be one of the most top notch pretty consistently every time we see it. The turtle's voice is killer. Yes, Crush always, that actor always has one of the best voices. He crushes it. Exactly. Oh, so Kaylee's going to talk to us about Festival of the Lion King, which with great hurrah, we would like to announce that it's supposed to be coming back at the end of this month, the end of March. Festival of the Lion King is supposed to be back at Animal Kingdom. So anybody going there soon will have the opportunity to see this one. Yes. So Festival of the Lion King, the performances are every hour. So you have the opportunity to see it. I will say the line can get long. If you want to see it, you need to get in line at a decent time, but it is a circular theater so you sit in different sections and while the performance happens in the center and so there's really no bad seat like you can get seated up high or to the side wherever you are seated you're gonna see just fine it's not about sitting the closest now if you really really want a, your child to be like participating in it it's hard to know how to get in line and where because they they filter you into the theater and tell you where to sit but if you sit closer then children might have the opportunity to participate in the show but even if they're not directly participating the whole entire show is interactive and it's got all the favorite lion king characters lots of different people you have gymnasts that are monkeys you have I want to say, I guess, contemporary dancers bordering ballet that act as birds. So every 
actor in this show is acting as an animal, but they've all got a special talent. They've got the voice actors, they have the birds I just mentioned and the monkeys, lots of different stuff going on. And we've seen this show enough now that if we miss it, one trip, I'm not super bummed out, but I definitely think it's something you need to go see. Again, air conditioned, always a plus, especially in Animal Kingdom. It's one of the hotter parks to be, be in no matter what time of year. Animal Kingdom, while hot, you want to take advantage of all the air-conditioned spaces as you can. And this is a super entertaining one. True, true. Vocalists are super top-notch in this performance. I would say less consistently for us, for the shows we've seen, less consistently than Finding Nemo, but still always really, really great. Yeah. All right, next on the list is It's Tough to Be a Bug. This is one of my favorites because I love Bug's Life, and this is an attraction based on Bug's Life. And I think... Vic, actually, it's going to be under construction starting tomorrow for a very short stint, like maybe three or four days. So this week, it's going to be down. And the rumor is that they're going to do maintenance, not really change it, but do maintenance because Hopper has been out of commission as of late, like he's not been making an appearance. So I think they're having technical difficulties with him. So people were saying they hope that once this comes back online, that he will be fixed and back in business. And so that would be good because he does kind of make the show to me. It's a big part of it. It's really cool. It's immersive. It's what? 3D? 4D? It's 3D, I know. 3D. And there's an exciting part at the end that we won't give away. Yes. But yes. Just be ready for if you've never seen it before to have a little exciting uh, part at the end on your end. That'll be your hint. Yeah. And <laughs> this, this show, I will say, I definitely love it, especially... I love Bugs Life and the Hopper animatronic, if they can get it back up, is super impressive, it's especially scary. considering it is very scary, but especially considering it opened with Animal Kingdom in 1999 or eight. And it is an impressive animatronic for its size and how much movement it has, because obviously he's a grasshopper. He's got lots of limbs, lots of things moving, but it is a little intense. Like, if you have young kids who get scared very easily, it is a little more of an intense show. So, like, the bugs, bugs descend from the ceiling, and there's, like, it's supposed to be kind of scary in the middle for the storyline, but if you have young children, they might be a little scared of that if they're not, if they're a little faint-hearted. And I normally wouldn't be scared of those that descend, but it's because of what they are is why I don't like it. Yeah, I think if you're willing to have a talk with your kids before you go in and just say everything you're going to see in here is it's pretend. pretend. It's pretend. Nothing is going to hurt you. They would not let us in here if it was going to hurt. Like, if you really want to do this, you can preface that with your kids. But I feel like if you've never seen it and you don't know, then you kind of go in and you're kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> this might have been a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So another cool show is The Bird Show, and they had added Russell and Doug to this show. I'm not sure why they're not using Russell and Doug, because they're in the big costumes, and they don't come out to the people. But this show hasn't fully been brought back yet. They are, like, doing the birds and flying them over people and stuff like that. But it is very interesting. I know some people think it's boring, but, I mean... I don't think any creation thing is boring. I love to see the different animals and see them 
the, the mannerisms that they have because they're so different from us. It's just fun to watch. So I would encourage people to take it. I know little kids really like it because they think it's so cool because the birds flying over them and they think it's specifically like targeting them, but it's not. It's just because the trainers made it look that way. Yeah, cool, cool show. I like it. And something that has been more prominent now that the pandemic has been happening is water cavalcades in Animal Kingdom. While the other parks have cavalcades that move throughout the streets, Animal Kingdom has very narrow streets on purpose because it's supposed to be more like nature. And so they do water cavalcades instead. They've got that huge water-based, I wouldn't, I don't know, man-made lake, I suppose is what you could call it, that weaves throughout the entire park. And so they have these cavalcades on the water. And one we saw was we saw Pocahontas and- uh, Miko. Miko. So- that was a different one. They've got the traditional Mickey and Friends characters on there as well. And these are something that you can't plan for. Like you see them and you just kind of have to stop if you see them. You can't really plan for them because they're just popping through. We even caught a percussion one where these people were performing on drums and lots of different percussion instruments. And they moved around the amphitheater that's outside in front of Dino Land and Expedition Everest. So if you... That's a good place to sit if you want to try and catch some of the cavalcades because they they go through pretty frequently. So if you're like, we have some food, we got time to sit, you can always sit there and chances are you'll probably catch at least one. Yeah, and we also found out when Kaylee and I ate at Flame Tree Barbecue that if you go far enough back behind Flame Tree Barbecue, one of the pavilions backs up to that Rivers of Light so you would be able to see some cavalcades as well on the water. That park, I think we learn a little bit more every time we go there. It used to be like a half day park for us, but now it's definitely been a full day park. So I just want to thank you guys for coming on and sharing the tips to our listeners with me because there is so much more of Disney than just rides. And I think sometimes people don't realize that, that there are so many magical things that you can do there besides rides. Cause I hear people say, well, I can't go there. I'm not a ride person. Well, there's enough cool things at Disney that you don't have to even get on a ride if you don't want to. A few final reminders before we sign off. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to book a trip or you just want a free quote, email mom at vicky, V-I-C-K-I-E dot black at yourstorytravel.com. For just a $200 refundable deposit, you can hold your reservation. So please contact us today. You can check us out on our website, at yourstorytravel.com and on our social media accounts, our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast, or on our TikTok account for Your Story Travel is at Your Story Travel. Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show as we dish the latest rumors and news and chat with the gang. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, The Mousecapades Podcast. Well, gang, I think it's about that time. Disney love and pixie dust. Just keep swimming. Have a magical day, my friends.